We are. We are back. And Alan, it's good to be back, man. It feels amazing. And guys, we have an amazing interview for you this week with our good friend Mike Randall. I hope yes. you enjoy. Great listen. Enjoy. We'll see you after. Bye. We now welcome to the pod Mike Randall. Mike Randall is a fantasy football and college basketball expert. He is the co-host of the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast and the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are honored to have Mike Randall on the pod today. Welcome, Mike. Oh, thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate you having me on. Oh, our pleasure. So um, just to start off, when did you start playing fantasy football and uh, how long have you been in the league you've been in the longest? Uh, gosh, I've been in a league now since 2005. I, I started then and I'd always been a fan of the NFL and I loved working with math and, and doing numbers. And somebody's like, oh, you got to try fantasy football. I said, sounds good. So I got my spreadsheets out. I got everything ready to go. And I couldn't believe I had the seventh pick that year. And someone told me that I should take Marshawn Lynch. And I remember saying to myself, really? Marshawn Lynch is the seventh best player in the NFL? Because, you know, I'm thinking the big names, the quarterbacks. So since then, I've been hooked, and, and I've been in that league since the, the beginning. Oh, that's awesome. So um, just a follow-up, why fantasy football outside of the math? Like, what, like, like, why fantasy football, not just, like, football? Like, as a kid, were you always a football fan, or did this kind of – which one came first? The football fan came first. I was a Cowboy fan growing up, uh, you know, like any kid, right? You follow it because of the colors. So I was a Cowboy, <laughs> I was a cowboy fan growing up, and I loved watching the game. And so, you know, sports is our outlet, right? It's a male soap, soap opera. We know that. So, uh, you know, fantasy at least gives us the idea that we can somehow be involved and make decisions and set rosters, and it makes it a lot more fun, you know, especially if you're watching a game that you technically don't have a rooting interest in. It's fantastic. For me, it was like the Miami-San Diego Charger games on the West Coast at 4 o'clock on a Sunday. Like, now I'm interested, right? Yeah, 100%. And tonight for football fans is a big night. How excited are you for Bears-Ravens? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And that's the thing. Like, if, if we didn't do fantasy, guys, what are we watching tonight? You know, starters aren't really right. playing. But now I'm like, is Lamar Jackson going to get in? How's Anthony Miller going to do on the Bears? I mean, this is mm-hmm. stuff that matters. So, I mean, it, it makes it so much more relevant. And we basically become GMs in that we're scouting these guys. Absolutely. And we think we know it all, which is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, the first few picks in the draft, I think it's just a matter of opinion um, of who guys prefer. But I get more intrigued once you get to the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. Who are some guys there? that you think can really um, have top five years? Well, I, it, part of me wants to be at the back end of round one in most of my drafts now. I've done a million of them, but I like, I've done two. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's here's the thing, because everyone now is running back happy. So they're going to say with those first four picks, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. But if I, I did a study and I look back at the last – 10 years never have the top four running backs by ADP in the preseason ever finished anyone where anyone near the top five running backs at the end of the year 
because there's always something that shakes it up. So I'm not saying you avoid those guys. What I'm saying is I think it's a 25% chance if you take one of those first four guys that they end up as a top running back. So I like being at the back end. I'd love grabbing a Melvin Gordon and a Leonard Fournette. I mean, the Jaguars are going to run. They're going to run over and over again. They're certainly not going to pass the ball a lot with Bortles. Melvin Gordon is the only game in town for a Charger offense. That's great. I love those two a lot. So if I... Mike? Yep. Can you say that again? I think we, we, we sure. lost you for half a second. Yeah, if I, if I can grab those guys at the back end of round one, I'm thrilled. So everyone wants to, an early pick because you certainly want to have a pick uh, whoever you want. Mm-hmm. But if I can grab Gordon and Fournette back-to-back at the end there, I've even seen situations where Antonio Brown or DeAndre Hopkins is dropping past like pick six or seven. Wow. So the chance of getting a top-flight wide receiver and a top-flight running back, which is pretty much a guarantee if you're at the end of round one, I think it's a very favorable place to draft this year. Mm-hmm. I actually have in a 12-team league the 12th and 13th pick, and I think I'm in a great place. And one guy that keeps on creeping into my mind is Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. That would be such a risky pick, but I think he has a chance. I'm going to go out there and say be a top five, top seven running back. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm working as one of the producers on the Rotoviz uh, team preview series, hashtag RV32. And we're looking at each of the NFL teams. We're talking to beat reporters. So I didn't actually do the one on San Francisco, uh, but Grant Cohen, who's a longtime writer, they talked about this the other day. He said that McKinnon's going to have a safe floor. They're going to use him. They didn't sign him not to use him. However, They don't necessarily think he's going to be a 15-carry guy. They really do like Matt Breida. They like him a lot better than Joe Williams. So McKinnon is safe. I think that's a very safe pick, especially in PPR, half-point PPR formats. He's going to get fed the ball. Look what Kyle Shanahan did to Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, which is one of the backfields I think that is massively underrated this year. But I I think that's a great safe pick because McKinnon's been able to produce – 50 receptions, 60 receptions in a Minnesota offense with a bad offensive line and really not great quarterback play. Now he's going to the running back, you know, receiving guru with a great quarterback or a guy who at least comes in with the ability to be great. I mean, he won the last five games in a row last year. So he's, you know, that that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a very safe floor. And I agree with that strategy because the majority of your fantasy points every year are going to come from your first three or four picks. Look at the numbers. That's what happens. So all you want to do is not bunk an early pick. That's it. And I think McKinnon, provided he stays healthy, but everyone has to stay healthy, is a really safe pick there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, I have a bit of a confession. Um, ever since I was like seven, I've always been like that rookie guy in the league. We pick like four rookies yep. way too early. So um, I want to know from this year's rookie class, who has that kind of Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt breakout potential? Well, it's interesting. I don't think the running back, I don't think there's a lot of running backs with that sort of potential because they had that last year. I will tell you this. If you're going to look for that guy, don't fall for him in the mid rounds. These satellite backs, the, the Alvin Kamara's of the world, they come later in the draft. It's, Mm -hmm. it's been the Kamara effect, right? So now people like Dion Lewis and Chris Thompson, although now he's, he's injured they're going to be taken way too early. So to look for those guys, I think you got to look in the late rounds. One I mentioned earlier when we talked about tonight's game is wide receiver Anthony Miller. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not sold that Allen Robinson is automatically an 85 catch, 1200 yard receiver when we haven't seen that for a couple of years with Mitchell Trubisky in his second year. Mitchell Trubisky always likes to feed the slot receiver. The last two years, the one in college and the one in the pros, his top receiver has been his slot receiver. It was Ryan Switzer, and then last year was Kendall Wright. And Anthony Miller is going to be in that role. So that's a guy you can get very late. If you talk about other feast or famine guys, I love Traquan Smith uh, down in New Orleans. He can Mm -hmm. fly down the field. I'm not sure Ted Ginn is going to have the same impact he does, and he's with Drew Brees. And the other one, if you're really looking for a running back, I would push Jordan Wilkins from Indianapolis because whoever is the starting running back for the Colts and gets the goal line carries is going to be at least a fantasy RB2. Mm-hmm. So it's Marlon Mack who's coming off of surgery. It's Naheem Hines who's really not suited for that role and Jordan Wilkins. So that's a guy, if you're looking for somebody to pop, that's sort of the players I'm targeting. And out of the running backs drafted, we all know Saquon Barkley went really early. After him, you've got um, Sonny Michelle, Geis, um, Chubb, Freeman. The list goes on and on. Penny, the list goes on and on. Out of those guys, who do you think has the biggest potential for the season? I, I'm, all, I'm all on team Darius Geis, especially now with the news about Chris Thompson. You can, you know, you're going to get this information, guys, over the summer all the time. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to get this information all the time over the summer, and you're going to have to decipher it. Is it information that's actually worthwhile to me, or is it information that's not worthwhile? And honestly, I'm, I, Darius Geis is going to have the best chance of getting those early down work and that constant work like a Leonard Fournette did last year. He can catch the ball. He can run it. And situation and opportunity is everything. And their offensive line in Washington is better than people think it was injured last year. So I'm all aboard Team Geis. I even had a thought that Geis could actually outperform Saquon Barkley because I think there's so many weapons with the Giants. I don't think their offensive line is as good as Washington. I think Geis could actually be a, a sneaky top rookie running back. Wow. And and you see, um, especially as the draft gets closer, all the rookies are skyrocketing up the draft boards. In my opinion, Rashad Penny, Darius Geis, and obviously Barkley. But after that, I don't want to touch any of these guys. You need to, as you were saying, decipher um, the words that you hear, the reports you hear out of camp, and the tone of the offensive coordinators from um, Washington and Seattle. Yep. They're all, this guy can be a three-down back. Yep, that's, that's, a gr- that's a great, great point. I have no interest in Ronald Jones. Like, you're, you're taking Ronald Jones. Like, well, why? Well, he may start. He may not. Winston is in there for a few games. Peyton Barb, I don't want that. I, I, I'd rather have certainty and be wrong than take a chance on uncertainty because where does that leave you? At least you know Geis is going to get the PR. I mean, the Rashad Penny thing, Chris Carson, too, in Seattle is totally nuts. I don't understand this. I think Pete Carroll's playing mind games, but I'm with you. I'd rather take the guy that has the talent that I think is going to get the opportunity and watch him bust than pray that Ronald Jones somehow beats out Peyton Barber behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. So – uh, just like people like to try to find those rookies, people try to find the sleepers. That's like the big talk. And sometimes they're rookies, sometimes they're not. Who are a few guys who you really think could really uh, outperform their ADP? Oh, well, these are some of the guys I like. I love George Kittle, tight end in San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo is a safe passer. He likes the middle of the field. He's not clicking with Garcon in training camp. So I think George Kittle is a phenomenal value if you're a late-round tight end guy, which I am. If you want to talk about veterans, 
Emmanuel Sanders is available in round seven and is going as the wide receiver 33. And I have no idea why we saw Case Keenum in Minnesota feed Adam Thielen over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And Case Keenum last year, he threw to Stefan Diggs. He threw to Adam Thielen. He threw to Kyle Rudolph. It was a binary wide receiver situation with the two wideouts. So I love Emmanuel Sanders wide receiver 33. If he plays 16 games, that's a no brainer. Right. Kenny stills in Miami. I don't know what your thoughts are. I'm done with Devonte Parker. Yeah. I don't, I don't know many yeah. wide receivers yeah. who've done nothing for three years. And all of a sudden in year four, they pop. It's not exactly the greatest offense with Ryan Tannehill. I think it'll be better, but Kenny stills was successful in new Orleans as a slot receiver. And he's got the speed to go deep and you can get him way, way later as a wide receiver 52 instead of Devonte Parker. Two other guys I really like CJ Anderson, and round eight as a running yeah. back in Carolina. Mm -hmm. They like to run the ball. They don't see Christian McCaffrey as a between-the-tackles guy. I don't buy the Ron Rivera stuff that he's going to get 200 carry. I'm not buying that. I like C.J. Anderson. He actually catches the ball better than people think, certainly better mm -hmm. than Jonathan Williams did. And right. he's right now going as an RB38. I mean, could he get 10 touchdowns? Of course he could. That's within the range of outcomes. Mm -hmm. and, and the last one, I've never met anyone who loves Lamar Miller. I, I don't know. There's no Lamar Miller truthers out there, but there are people who just accept Lamar Miller opportunity knocks. I talked to John McClain for the road of his series. Who's a longtime beat writer there over 40 years in Houston. He says, Alfred blue getting uh, touches at the end of the year was a mirage. They like Deontay Foreman, but it doesn't look like he's going to be healthy. Whoever the running back is with Deshaun Watson is going to score. I'll take a chance. that It's going to be Lamar Miller. Because he was 14.5 PPR points per game, five more than, than normal with Deshaun Watson as opposed to without. Mm -hmm. So I hope I don't have good friends and they're not listening because <laughs> um, Manuel Sanders is my wide receiver too. You nailed it. Yeah. Like, and I, he is so consistent. I've been watching him. I'm a Browns fan. And um, I've been watching him since he was back in Pittsburgh. He's a great player. And especially with Keenum. Also, uh, Daniel and I, we're, um, we go to Maryland, so we're Terps. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on DJ Moore's ADP? Because I think he's pretty undervalued too. You know, I've gone back. That's a great question. I've gone back and forth on this because, you know, we've been waiting for Devin Funchess to pop, and Devin Funchess is still young. But I'm going to go with DJ Moore. I'm going with – he's an excellent route runner. I think Funchess has been okay but not great. I think he's a guy who is definitely undervalued, and he could get him early. And he could do some decent things and have some of those four catch, five catch for 48 yard games. And then like halfway through the year, totally take off and surpass Funches. So I, I'm with you on DJ Moore. I, I'm off the Funches bandwagon. If I had to pick between those two, I'll take DJ Moore. Um, so a, a position that's really undervalued in fantasy is quarterback. Not necessarily in general, but in the top rounds, people talk more about the backs and the wide receivers. But what are some quarterbacks you're really looking at that outside of Brady Rogers? that can maybe have a breakout year or, and that our, um, our listeners should really be paying attention to? Well, listen, I I'm not just kissing your fanny here because I'm on the podcast. If you <laughs> told me that Tyrod Taylor was getting 16 games, I would, I would guarantee you he's a quarterback one. I guarantee here we go, brownies. Here we go. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee it. What I'm doing in a lot of my leagues, I'm buying into the Browns offense this year. You, Let's go. You can get Tyrod Taylor for free, right? And, and yep. in your redraft leagues, people aren't drafting Baker Mayfield. So what I've tried to do is I draft them both. 
because I'm a big weight on QB guy. That wasn't the case when your Tom Brady's, your Aaron Rodgers, your Drew Brees were putting up 40, sometimes 50 touchdown year. You can get that, especially mm-hmm. in a six point per passing touchdown format. You got to grab it. They're mm-hmm. all the same. Most people don't realize that Russell Wilson led the league in passing touchdowns last year. You tell that to them, it just it doesn't comprehend. So late round guys, those are some real late, late round ones. I I also am fine with Matthew Stafford. Uh (laughs) Stafford is fine. I mean, you can get him very late. I also think if you're going to buy into a bounce back, Matt Ryan is very underrated. He was fantastic in 2016, not good last year, only 20 touchdowns, but it was his first year with a new offensive coordinator and they just couldn't score touchdowns. So for it's all about the value guys, right? We don't hate players. We hate their ADPs. So mm-hmm. if, if I can get Matt Ryan late, if I can get Matt Stafford late, I know I can get Tyrod late. I'll do it every day of the week. In all of my redrafts, my last pick is almost always Tyrod Taylor. Because you know what? If he plays 16 games with the weapons he used to have in Buffalo, which wasn't many, and he comes down here with Josh Gordon and Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde and, and David Njoku, who I think is phenomenal, and, all, and Jarvis Landry, he's going to be fine. So mm-hmm. I like to wait on quarterback, and those are some of the guys I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. I – I'm so pumped right now um, after hearing that. And I happen to agree with you so much. I think the Browns offense as a whole is going to be great, but I am nervous about taking um, some of the individual players because their talent on the offensive side is amazing. And um, in Green Bay, that's a place where they've had an awesome offense for years. But now there's not as many big names. How do you feel about – um, a Devontae Adams going as high as he's going. And how do you feel about Jimmy Graham's value? Uh, you know, Devontae Adams is safe. I mean, he, he's such a safe play. My issue is Adams doesn't profile as your, 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 your typical wide receiver one, right? Josh Gordon does. Big, strong, can jump. Devontae Adams is, is okay. And listen, Aaron Rodgers, if you're connected with him and your wide receiver one, you have to like him. So I think he's a very safe floor. Because remember, while he may not be a speed burner, Rodgers can throw you open. Jordy Nelson wasn't a speed burner either. So I think Devontae Adams is very, very safe. If you can get him around that mid to late second round, if you do happen to pick early in round one, I think he's a fine target. And listen, as far as tight end, I told you I'm a wait on tight end guy. I don't see how Jimmy Graham, who has the most red zone targets the last two years by a ton, I don't see how he is not a safe tight end pick. And what happens is I encourage all of you when you're in your draft, don't draft positions. If you see value, like I like to wait on tight end, but if I'm sitting there in round six or seven and Jimmy Graham staring at me and I'm debating between Jimmy Graham and like a wide receiver three, I'm going to take Jimmy Graham because Mm -hmm. in that offense with Aaron Rodgers, everything is gold. So a bit of a lighter side. A lot of people have very creative ways to determine draft order and draft and do different things. What's the best way that you've heard of or you've, you've done yourself to figure out a draft order or some good shtick you do in the draft? It's funny, you know, because this can get intense. Like people oh, yeah. really oh, yeah. want it to be done on the up and up. So my partner on the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast, Scott Burke, he does a lot of these leagues that I'm in. And what he'll do is record taking all the names, putting them on the computer screen, screen, rolling dice. And if the dice say 10, he then hits the randomized button 10 times, recorded on a video, watching the order change. The reason I, I like that is because you'll see the new order every time. So if he rolls a 10, 
he's going to take the list on the screen and randomize it 10 times. And the 10th list is the order we go with, right? Uh-huh. But the thing is, like, it's basically tempting all of you because you see, like, on the fifth one, oh, I have the first pick. And it's sixth pick. No, I'm on the bottom. So he records right. it and actually sends it out. I used to make fun of him because I go, do you have a life? But now <laughs> I'm, I'm, now I'm, I'm starting to get it because, like, not only is it exciting for the person who gets it, but it's also like the middle finger to the other people who don't who don't get yeah. it. So not that great, not that you know different, but something that that builds you know sort of excitement. And um, I have a question for you, since you're the expert. My friends and I, we talk to our players if actually they were on our team. Is that crazy? No, it's not crazy because it's about being invested. The best thing you can be in life is real. I don't care mm-hmm. if you're nuts. Just be consistently nuts, okay? So when I'm sitting there in 2015 watching the Saints play the Jaguars at home and I'm trying to beg for Drew Brees to hit Brandon Cooks for a bomb so I can win the title, and he did, I'm running up and down the house going, get along, little doggy, okay? So if you're not doing that, you're doing something wrong. So absolutely, because you become invested, and of course, maybe there's a chance they actually hear you. Yeah, and um, I – while you were speaking, I thought of um, a great follow-up question, and I'll let you start thinking about it. Um, what is your biggest fantasy heartache, heartbreak that you've had? I'd like to share mine, if that's okay, before. Um, it was championship matchup a couple years back, and I don't remember exactly what was going on, but I had Jeremy Hill. He had A.J. Green. I was down like 20 or something like that. I gave up like going go. They had the Monday night game, I think. And all of a sudden I'm in like a tutoring session and my phone is blowing up and I look and all my friends are texting me. AJ Green's out. Next thing you know, Jeremy Hill decides to have a 50 yard touchdown run and I have a chance and I have a chance. I'm watching in my parents room. I turn it on fourth quarter game on the line. Jeremy Hill fumbles at the one yard line <laughs> if he scored i won oh my that, god that's how i lost that's, Je- that's jeremy hill true. and i don't have a great relationship <laughs> <laughs> that is brutal that that's and that's a, that's similar to mine because it, it's tempting you it's bringing you back in and then sitting there saying oh i don't have i have a chance i have a chance then taking it away it was a re- the one for me is a regular season game. I think it was like October 2015. It was the Chargers and the Steelers. I had pit- I had drafted Antonio Gates even though he was injured, and I kept talking trash to all my friends. Gates is going to pop. They're like, no, he's over the hill, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They play the Steelers at home. Gates gets two touchdowns. I thought I had no chance, and basically here comes Michael Vick on the last like drive with no time left. And the only thing that can't happen is they cannot score a touchdown with Le'Veon Bell. Anything else could happen. And Vic (laughs) throws a a pass, and it's a pass interference, okay? And they're driving, and they're driving. And if they just go to overtime, they're down three, I think it was. We're fine. They get to the one-yard line, and they decide to go for the win. And I'm sitting there going, I had this wrapped up with Gates' second touchdown. I said, I'm going to ask my for, for, for a uh, jersey. And my buddies are on the phone laughing, just laughing. He get, you know, Vic's running around all of a sudden. He's terrible all game. Finally get down to the one. I go, just sneak it. Just sneak it with Vic, and it's over. <laughs> do not hand the ball off. 
They hand it off to Le'Veon. You know, it takes five minutes to get to the line because he has to <laughs> the situation, right? He pops the, the, the line. He gets stopped. Then he spins out and he dives in. The game's over. I blocked everyone in my league on my phone and did not talk to <laughs> You know, same thing as you. It's just – it's the one where, like, you thought you had no chance. Then you came back in and they took it away from you. But that's why we keep coming back. 100%. So – You've been playing now for 13 years straight, if I did the math correctly. Have you developed a kind of pet player at some point over the years, a guy like could you go, come back to year in, year out? Oh, I, I get ripped on confidently uh, all the time about this. I love Randall Cobb. I, I'm a Cobb guy. My partner can start laughing at me right now. I like the guy. He's with Aaron Rodgers. He's never going to draw the top cornerback. I am every year. He's like, I hear you with Randall Cobb. I'll draft him. If he does poorly, I'll drop. But every year I have to have him every single time. I also mm-hmm. until recently loved Rashard Matthews of Tennessee, who was mm-hmm. really solid in Miami and solid in Tennessee. But now he's injured and I'm not sure how that's going to go. So last year, I just kept putting tweets out going. The best wide receiver in Tennessee is Rashard Matthews. The Corey Davis truthers are, you know, cursing at me. It's great. All it does <laughs> is catch touchdowns. Now, yeah. unfortunately, but yeah, I like those late round wide receivers. Those are my guys. Mm-hmm. And a late round guy probably this year is, um, or a guy to keep an eye on is Des Bryant. What do you, what are your thoughts on his situation? Where do you think he can land? How do we draft? It's funny. I, I was very vocal against Des Bryant. I was constantly saying he's not that good. Last year, I said at the beginning, at this time last year, I put out a tweet that said DeAndre Hopkins is better than, than Des Bryant. Very prevalent people in the fantasy community were like, what's wrong with you? This, this is a tweet. I mean, what's wrong with you? I said, nothing. I'm telling you he's better. Now I've swung the other way. He certainly can come back and be a decent option, especially as a slot receiver inside. Mm-hmm. He, he does have the ability for the jump balls in the end zone. So if the right team picks him up, you know, I guess the Patriots got Decker today, but if the right team picks him up, he could definitely be a value. I was against Des Bryant. I did not like him. And now I'm sitting there going, Maybe I'll take a flyer on him late because if he gets to the right team, he should be really good. Next week, there's uh, big stuff going on in Cleveland with uh, Hard Knocks. Daniel, there's always big stuff going on here. Always big stuff going on. Because, guys, I, Cleveland, I'm at, I'm Cleveland at, rocks. We know this. Cle- yeah. Yes. I'm actually from Maryland. I'm, actually, I'm a Giants fan. So <laughs> we go our separate ways there. But I'm, I, I love Hard Knocks more than most things. And I'm super pumped. What are you looking for? Can you use that? Can you use Hard Knocks as scout? Because I always draft the Hard Knocks guy. I'm all, I'm all into information, guys. People are like, oh, you can't make universal comments. You can't say none of the preseason stuff matters or it all matters. You have to sort of distinguish which is going to matter to you and which is not. I love the information. It's how I knew to draft Arian Foster years ago when he popped because he was great in the preseason. So I will be watching Hard Knocks. I'm a huge David Njoku guy because I'm in New Jersey, and I saw David Njoku play a state sectional championship game. And when I saw him, I said, that is an NFL player. I saw him Uh walk in the gym. So I will be watching. I want to see what goes on. I'll be rooting for Tyrod because, again, (laughs) I'm a Tyrod guy. But, yeah, Uh I think you can get a lot of information. And I like Cleveland this year. I think they're going to bounce back. I really do. Mm -hmm. And obviously this year I'll be a huge Hard Knocks guy, but I always have been. I almost – won the lottery as I drafted Devontae Freeman after they did Atlanta, but one year too early. Yep. Yep. I was one year too early. Oh, you can, you can get good information from Harden. Absolutely. It's not universal, but maybe you pick up a nugget or this or that and you say, Hey, that guy's not bad. And then you never know what happens. Yep. Do you watch um, all or nothing? 
I do not. No. So do you know what it is? No. It's um basically Amazon Video does it, and it's Hard Knocks, but during the regular season. Okay. And it is unreal. Like my friends and I still talk about the one they did with the Arizona Cardinals a couple of years ago, and and preseason is fun. But the regular season has a whole different energy to it. And and I would recommend checking that out because that's awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and so the Vegas odds for the Browns, I'm getting a little bit selfish here asking the Browns question. I'm sorry. <laughs> but five and a half over under, who do you got? Oh, absolutely over. 100%. And I'm going to go this far. And I'm, po- I'm positive on this one. And when I get positive, I'm, I'm Irish, Italian, I'm stubborn. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> The Browns are winning op- their opening week, 100%. No way. They're home. Pittsburgh has a new offensive coordinator. Le'Veon Bell's going to miss training camp, probably. You got the Todd Haley revenge game. You got a running quarterback in Tyrod. Browns fans are going to be fired up. They're going to win that game. Book it. Wow. Down. No doubt. That's big. No, I, I, and I went through the schedule. I'd say, you know, I think – Six and ten, maybe seven and nine, all breaks right is a very reasonable thing. So if you made me pick, I would say over. But they're winning that first game. And yeah, I agree. Remember me when it happens, hundred percent. I will. Yeah, I agree. Ten and six, nine and seven is very reasonable. See what I did there? <laughs> you said five and a half, ten and six. You could get good. You could get good odds with that. But I, yeah, the, the Steelers no Shazier, of course. Secondary is a little questionable. I think it's the perfect spot. If the game was in Pittsburgh, I wouldn't feel this way. But home, Cleveland, I'll take it absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit like the end of the movie Draft Day. Yes. <laughs> Daniel, that's what it looks like after one win here. Imagine yeah. what like seven will look like. Yeah, well, well my, brother does, my brother and I, every time anyone adds like a small player in any sport, we always do like the Super Bowl chant from the end of that movie when they just like, yes. got a few, got a linebacker. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I rip on that movie all the time. I would do a pod just about Draft Day. Your defense is better. You got you got the the uh, Denzel Ward, the secondary. Um, I like Peppers as well. Honestly, I, they, they're giving six or seven points. That's an easy bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, last question, and this is a big one. Mike, Allen and I are in the same league this year. Okay, if both of us ask you a question and you can only answer one question, like, okay, we're playing each other week four. I need to know. I want to know who to start, and I and I text you. And Alan texts you also, and you can only answer one. Who do you go with? Wow. <laughs> this is rough. On the spot. This is rough. I will answer the person who is most creative and makes me laugh in asking me the question. So the, more creative, the more creative DM I get, that's the one I'll answer. Amazing. Sounds good. And do, you, do you appreciate GIFs, or is that not your thing? Oh, GIFs all over. Okay. Okay. GIF, I got it. Away. I'm winning I'm, this. Okay. Um, well, I get my last question too. Um, <laughs> what is your fantasy team name this year? Oh, that's a good one. I can't believe we missed that. Oh, uh, l- last year was a little dab. Do ya? Little dab. Uh, little dab. Abdullah. Okay. Nice. Um, gosh, what did I go? What did I go with this year? I haven't named the team. I just have them in the, in the regular names. Um, oh, oh, I got one. Gene Steratore index card. That's one of mine. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Gene nice. Steratore is my favorite referee of all time. I call him CIR, casual Italian refereeing. Okay. <laughs> because 
he he is so he was so suave, right? You know, yeah. and everything. If there's a fight on the field, no, we got a first down. And when he took that index card out, my friends were laughing. I get to, I thought it was great. The guy you can't rattle me. He's retired now, but yes, Gene Steratore index card is, is my favorite. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Mike, thank you so much for coming on. We're gonna have to have you back for college hoops in a, in a few months. Oh, 100 percent. I can't wait. This is great, guys. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank hey, you, Mike. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Plus seven. You got it. Let's do it. <laughs> See ya. See ya. That was a good one. That wasn't a good one. That was like one of the best. That's true. I, I undersold. I undersold. Um, I think that was awesome. Thank you to Mike Randall for coming on the pod. You know, it was really awesome. And uh, you know, we we do plan on having him on again. You know, if, if he's willing uh, to talk next to college hoops next week, <laughs> next week we have a special guest. Um, you know, hopefully everything works out with the logistics, but next week we should have a very special guest. Just stay tuned. Stay tuned. And I am not the special guest, just to clarify. And, and right? Neither am I. Because we're always special. We're going to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to be here. We'll be here for a while. Yeah. You know, uh, Daniel. Yeah. One thing that I really enjoyed about the interview mm-hmm. was, for me, I love fantasy football. And mm-hmm. I love being able to engage in a fantasy football conversation for 30 minutes. Uh, I don't have that opportunity often, and especially we haven't had that on the pod since this is our first real football season. That's and true. I had a blast. Right. Last year we started, well, we started in January. Or I think a week before the Super Bowl we started. A week before the draft, so a week before the Super Bowl. A week before the Super Bowl was when we started. Oh, I see. I get yeah. it. That's a Browns, Browns joke. Not but, for long. But not for long. That's true. Um, NFL, not for long. Whoa. 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 Okay, I, um, I got I got to go after that. That was fine. <laughs> we're done. No. <laughs> Basically, we started in January, so we never got to really preview football or fantasy football, do any of that. So we're doing that now. And that's really, you know, looking forward to that. So uh, big thanks to Mike Randall. And also a big thanks to Anchor. Anchor has uh, um, allowed us to turn our podcasting dreams into a podcasting reality. And without them, we wouldn't have been able to conduct that interview. We did it through the app. We're we're talking through the app now. I'm in Maryland. Alan's in Ohio. And um, we're we're really appreciative to Anchor for – having such an easy to use app and um, we have nothing but great things to say about it. Daniel. Yeah. Um, I last week, big stuff happened. Um, it was the MLB trade deadline. True. So you want to talk about that? Yeah. For a little bit? So I think the, the biggest news is uh, Chris, Ar- uh, Chris Archer going from the Rays to the pirates, but I'm very excited, even though I'm a Yankees fan and um, I don't really like the Rays. I'm excited to see what the, Rays can do with the guys they got back. They got back Tower Glasnow, who's uh, going to be a starter now. I think he started yesterday. I don't know exactly know how he did. And uh, Austin Meadows, who was um, a, like a star high school prospect in Georgia with Clint Frazier. And that was like, the big story. And he's been raking so far in the majors. So he's going to the Rays. The Rays are going to be good soon. They're rebuilding the right way. They're getting a really good haul. Yeah, Chris, Arch- Chris Archer is a great player, but they're getting, they got a really good haul for him back. So that's exciting. The Dodgers reloaded completely with um, Dozier and Machado like a week ago. And uh, Bryce Harper's not traded. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to keep in mind that 
even though the trade deadline was the 31st, trades can still happen right. until exactly. it, end August 30th. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the end of this month, and it's you have to clear waivers first. That's how it goes. Right, but I, I think the thing is, is for years now we've seen some pretty big, but uh, big players dealt. I know that last year the Indians got Jay Bruce during this time period. So a lot can still happen. And um, Daniel, I want to go out on a limb here. As our listeners know, I'm a big Indians fan. Go for it. Go for it. It does not often happen that you have a team with such great quality pitching and such great bullpen, yes, because we got Brad Hand mm-hmm. and Simber. Um, we're, we have a really good bullpen now. Andrew Miller's coming back hopefully this weekend. Um, Cody Allen has some time to figure things out. And we have a very good team. And I think we need to go for Bryce Harper. Now? He's a, right now. No, now. This season. You're saying, right you're saying like having clear waivers – Yes, I don't think that's likely because I think the Nats will make a run for this postseason. Yeah, because look, this is what I'm not frustrated looking at the standings. Because as a Yankees fan, I look at us; we have the second best winning percentage in baseball. Yet we're five and a half back because of the freaking Red Sox, and it makes me really mad. The Yankees right now are up on the Red Sox four-one, which is good. We need this one, but if you look at the the NL East. The division leader um, is the 40, 59 and 48 Phillies. The Nats are five games back. They're 54 and 53. The Nats would be tw- um, 20 games back in the AOEs. Wow. Daniel. It's ridiculous. It, just, it bothers me sometimes. Listen to this. But sometimes I mean multiple times a day. <laughs> To your, it probably just bothers you more that the Red Sox are ahead of you. Yeah, but it's not even like about being being the Red Sox. It's about that since there's this wild card game, the Yankees may have to play a, may have the second best record in baseball, yet have to play a one game playoff against an ace. Either like say it's Seattle, we may have to face James Paxton, and yeah. say he throws a gem and Severino gives up one and Paxton gives up zero, we lose one nothing and then we're out of the playoffs, even though we win like 105 games. Yeah, and like a cla- classic Yankees fan, you made it all about you. Can I get back to the Indians? Sure, sounds good. But the, <laughs> the Indians are fifty nine and forty eight, but they're but they're they're, uh, they're ten games up yeah. on the forty nine and fifty eight Twins. Your division's terrible, and that's why I think you guys are like you guys are a talented enough team to win it all. But you guys have a yeah. cakewalk to get there, right? Which is amazing, and right. we're blessed because other years it's been the total opposite, but. Right. As, I, as I was saying with Bryce Harper, the beauty of the August 30th waiver trade deadline is the Nets might put up. Alec, can you repeat that? The, you repeat beauty, that? Also, the beauty of the August 30th trade deadline for waivers is mm-hmm. that the Nats can wait another three weeks to see if they're in or out of the race. So I'm saying in a scenario that he is there, go for it. Because so much of a world series team you need energy you need momentum and for cleveland to get a superstar like bryce harper that could be the missing piece even though he's not having a great year just the energy them he's still he's still a power bat that can do big things you know and and 
at some point it's it's about the games in front of you, not the game. A hundred percent. And Daniel, um, so I can I throw yeah, a quick prediction. I actually think if they add anyone, they'll add um, Adam Jones from the Orioles. See, Adam Jones uh, exercised his no trade clause. Yeah, I saw that, but I, I, I don't know. He seemed like he might leave. I, I love that he actually. I, I thought it was so cool. Like he was saying, I earned this right to. Right, he's been there for a long time. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. So, yeah. if he wants to stay where he is, stay where mm-hmm. he is. You know, and, it's not his fault. The Orioles are uh, have right? become a train wreck. And I think that three guys I want: an Adam Jones, a Bryce Harper, or an Andrew McCutcheon. And I'm not a big names guy, but I think the Indians need a big name here to make a big push. And and Daniel, so um, wrapping up the MLB segment a little bit, so it sounds like pretty quiet trade deadline. The last chips might not mm-hmm. have fallen. Do you have anything else to add? Oh, uh, yeah, Mike Trout's really good. Um, I think we should do a Mike Trout update every pod because he's mm-hmm. so good. His war is 7.9 right now. His wins above replacement is 7.9, meaning compared to the average center fielder, he adds about eight wins. He has added for the Angels about eight wins this year. He is on pace for the highest war for a position player since the 60s. Wow. Carl Yastrzemski. That's a hard name to say on a podcast. 100%. Yeah. It's called me ass. Daniel, you know the the crazy thing? Comparing Jose Ramirez's season to Mike Trout, you could argue Jose Ramirez is having a better season. You could, but also um, he's not. But I, um, I think 10 days ago or 12 days ago, someone posted on Twitter that Mike Trout, um, that Jose Ramirez passed Mike Trout in war. 10 days later, Mike Trout was up a full, full, a full win in war. It was like 6.8 to 6.7, and then all of a sudden it was 7.8 to 6.8 with more, Trout. With more classical statistics, Ramirez has – Still, still Trout. His, his on-base percentage is 459. Fine, yeah, that's a big enough difference to give it to you. Fine. Yeah. Great. So, Daniel, you want to introduce, you want to introduce, our, you want to introduce our new – Dang it, the Yankees gave up a home run. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you saying you're, are you saying you're watching all, the uh, Yankees game right now? I'm not. I'm not. Update okay, on my fine. phone. Shout out to um, CBS Love Sports. That. Um, I, I like to uh, introduce a new segment called Moment of the Week, where uh, Alan and I will each give our Moment of the Week, give a little explanation, and that, that'll be it. It's pretty pretty. Daniel, how do you think of this one? This is fun. I don't know. It just came to me. I was thinking of things that I wanted to talk about. I'm like, hey, we can make that Love a segment. That. Boom. So, Alan, you go first. Okay, so as you know, the Cavs-Warriors rivalry has been a big thing the past few years, and I look forward to the next edition this coming summer. Yes, you heard me. Colin Sexton versus Steph Curry. Chetty Osman. LeBron who? Um, yeah. So, Turkish LeBron. I'm sure you saw this, but it's reported Yet denied also, but reported, and we'll go with the reports, Tristan Thompson punched Draymond Green. That was my moment of the week. 
And did you want to give a little bit of a backstory? Yes, to it? I like, would love to. So first of all, Draymond is known for bringing, being one of the biggest characters in the league. I don't know how to say it. Um, are you going to bring like a Cavs bias into okay. this? Yes. They, okay. No, I, I, I'm just clearing it yeah, up. It's all no, good. I think it's obvious, but yeah. Cavs bias, sure. Warriors have beaten us a lot, and they have an unfair team because they have no respect for the the history of the game. Don't Daniel get started. Don't get started. Fine. I'm not going okay, there right now. It's the Stick truth. To the story. Tristan Thompson. Um, how did it start, Draymond? Draymond apologized to Tristan Thompson. No, no, no. Allegedly. I, I, yeah, yeah. He at the he was at the SB's okay. after party. And, Tr- and Draymond allegedly was apologizing to Tristan for like their uh, scuffle okay. in Game Four, but what I at the what? end of it, and then um, allegedly Tristan was like, "Nah, I don't accept your apology." And then Draymond kept trying to apologize, and then Tristan hit him with a one-two, right. as they say. But- and they have to be broken up by. You know no, who? I don't actually. KG oh right, LeBron. This story is That's crazy. Nuts. And then, and this is why we love the NBA. But Daniel, Daniel, can I defend Tristan for a minute? First of all, yeah, we're not a violence pod, but I get the idea of apologizing. But did you hear what Draymond was saying after the parade? Like. You mean like the announcement? Yeah, oh, just yeah, like yeah. he was disrespecting Tristan left and right. And and there's a beauty of perspective when you're out of the, the game four scuffle and you had a couple weeks or whatever to think about it. And and why should I accept an apology if you're still acting very recently? You're disrespecting me in front of the whole world. I don't believe right. in punching, but... Right. To be clear, we are a anti-violence podcast. 100%. And can I say something funny real quick? Um, I saw something great that someone tweeted, like, if Tristan punched Draymond from anywhere except two feet away, away, he would not have landed the punch. Meaning, because Tristan (laughs) can't do anything outside of two feet away from the basket. He probably took a long time deciding which he yeah. to punch with. <laughs> or he punched him with the left, and he's like, nah, I'll punch him with the right. Nah, nah, I got to go with the right. And he's like, I don't know, whatever. I, Daniel, that's my moment of the week. All right, so my moment of the week was um, recently the Nationals were playing the uh, the Mets, and the uh, the Nationals uh, were up like 18 nothing in the fifth inning or something. It was ugly. And um, in the eighth, the Mets put in – Relief pitcher Jose Reyes. I thought he played short. Formerly, formerly a shortstop, first ever pitching appearance, and he actually had some velocity in. And he threw um eighty seven at one point. He worked very quickly. Took almost no time in between pitches, um, and he got rocked. He gave up a few homers, a lot of base hits. He eventually got out of it, one inning, and then the next time they had to take him out. I think maybe they put him in the seventh. But the point is. In his first inning, they batted around, and um, Ryan Zimmerman came up, and uh, Jose Reyes hit him with like a 54 mile an hour fastball. Change, I don't know. What. It was something. He hit him with a 54 mile an hour pitch on the, like on the thigh, and when that happened, like Zimmerman kind of just took it, obviously, you know, whatever, and he see he stares down 
he starts like smiling and he stares down Reyes and he um, puts down his bat and he like fakes turn and he fakes and he to, like he's turning towards Reyes to charge the mound and then he just goes to first. Yeah, and goes, awesome. Daniel, I loved it and hot take real quick. I know we've yeah. got the real one coming yeah. up, but Zimmerman, mm-hmm. he charged seriously, but then remembered that his favorite podcast, Sock and Soft Pod, is a nonviolent pod. So, exactly, we're anti-violent. Yeah, he was definitely right. really mad. Oh yeah, twenty plus and, runs. And somehow he knew we were going to be talking about this, and he's like, "You know what? I'll control myself. Run to first. As, yeah, I, I'm sure that was his thought process. Um, yeah, definitely. But that was a really fun moment. You know, just like bringing some levity. To yeah, whatever, whatever levity right. means. <laughs> yeah. Comedic relief. Yes. Daniel. Lightness. Side note. But yeah. we're still in baseball. By the way, I think this is the longest anyone has talked baseball in the country in years. Ooh. Hey. Sh- um, shout out to First Take. They've been. Oh. Alan, I have a First Daniel, Take did... question for you. I have some... a podcast I have... in the future. Or a little critical I have something first take. really great to say after, so don't let me forget, but go ahead. Okay. I won't let you forget it. So, um, first take question. Yes. LeBron's in L.A. How do you think that's going to affect the NBA? I don't get why. why. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about LeBron yeah, being did. in L.A.? Wow. And that was our first take question oh. of the day. <laughs> Ooh. Shots Yo, but we'll go on with Stephen A. and Max anytime. And Molly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Molly's doing it. Is she still doing it? I don't it? know. I thought so. It's, but, huh. Daniel, as I wanted to say earlier, um, Facebook Live broadcasted the Indians-Twins game, and it was excellent. Huh. They had no... Did they have yeah, oh, yeah. And former everything? Indian Jody Garrett, oh, former awesome. pitcher um, Perkins, I think it was, used to pitch Glenn Perkins, maybe. Yeah, Glenn Perkins. Yeah, and but the beauty was there were no commercials. During the commercial slot, <laughs> they had either like baseball Instagram stories or they had like fun throwback clips of like rivalry stuff. And it, baseball became an experience again instead of going from baseball to commercials, which is tough in today's age. So I, I just right, wanted definitely. to praise Facebook and – yeah. That's great. Alan, tonight's a very important night. We're kind of missing it right now, but, you know, got to get right, the content 100%. out. But right now, um, football started. Yeah. Preseason, first game, Hall of Fame game, Ravens-Bears. And uh, I know this isn't really a hot take, but I'm very excited to see what uh, Lamar Jackson's going to do. And hopefully we don't miss 100%. what he And if the podcast is a little bit shorter, you know why. Yeah. It, no, but I, I it was crazy. I, I told you this when we were um, preparing for the show that I saw him warming up. I got chills, legit. Seeing a guy yeah. like he's a player, he's a gamer. Yeah, as and, they say. And I don't think I'm too concerned about him that he's in the AFC North, but it's a great storyline for the NFL. Yeah, I think he's gonna take over the starting job, bro. Or he's gonna be featured very heavily. I don't think. I feel like Flacco's not good enough. Not good enough to hold him off. I think I think I it'll know. be a very simple scenario of um, the better quarterback will play, hands down. Yeah. 
And I think Lamar is going to end up being the better quarterback. So, only, only time will tell. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Daniel, more important news. Yeah. We have a horns up. Yeah. Awesome. Horns up right now. Awesome, awesome horns up this week. You want to introduce it? Yeah, I got it. We got a basketball horns up. Not the basketball. And, um, not, though. Yeah. A little bit of a Chinese Basketball Association slash the basketball tournament horns up. The horns up is this. Jimmer Fredette should be in the NBA. That would be Allen's side. I'm going to argue against that, which hurts me because I'm a big Jimmer guy. I'm, I'm as well. Can I take this? Yeah. Okay. I can go with all the stats I want. I could bring up his Chinese stats, which Daniel could easily um, pick the find the issue in that argument because Chinese uh, stats. They don't play any defense. They play no defense. They, oh, my God. Daniel, do you think we'll get, like, caught up in a trade war because of this? Like, okay. No. no? I don't. I, you see the concern because we're not a political pod. We're not okay. a political pod. In any in any way, okay, shape just I wanted to be careful that we mentioned China, and, and we're talking about trading ideas about a player that played in China. So whatever, I'll continue. Um, Jimmer for that. Just turn on the basketball tournament TBT. Also, Throwback Thursday, so you can see that your old guys play. Great, right? That's true. Yeah. Ooh, maybe that's why it. they do it. I heard it on the air, which was great. Yeah, oh, but cool. Jimmer for. It's um, Jimmer's actually playing in 30 Ooh, minutes. So, uh, and for all of our listeners, you should probably. But when, but when it comes out, when, when by the time the pod comes out, no one's. It's not. It's gonna have already happened. But so forget. What I just said the that. game. Wasted time. Good. Sorry. Turn on the game. Total. Jimmer for that is an unbelievable basketball player. I would like to think I have a very yep. good eye for talent, and. I think he is significantly more talented than many players in the NBA. And people are concerned, oh, he's older now. It doesn't matter. They're really old guys playing in the league, and he's a lot younger than them. And it's not only – it used to be just his shooting and a little bit attacking. Now he is a well-rounded basketball player with great fundamentals and creativity, actually a great balance of it. And simply with the raw eye test, He's better than many players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. He isn't offensive. He's, he's extremely offensively talented, but that's not the issue I'm 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 thinking of. I'm thinking of his defense. And we think of the NBA as a, a league that doesn't stress defense, but it actually really does. You need to be able to defend to be able to stick around. And he has not been a good defender. Okay, the advanced analytics point to that. Um, just what people are say, say about him points to that. He's not quick enough to stay on the outside of guards. And that's just the, the, the honest truth about it. It's unfortunate. I'm a big Jimmer fan, but what he adds offensively doesn't make up for what he doesn't add defensively. He hasn't been, he's had many years in the NBA. He's played over 200 NBA games and he has not produced in the way that you would want him to for a guy as talented as he is. And so that combined with his, um, defensive, um, struggles, is the reason why he can't be, he hasn't made in the week. You know, it's you know the tough thing for me? What? All the stats are in your favor, but you're wrong. And I just can't really prove it enough. Daniel, what's trivia time? What's 
Zero Dark Trivia. Yeah. What's Jim Richard Dat's middle name? I'm on his page right now. I don't, can find it so easily. Don't, I can't, can't look. look. No. David? It's a president, former president's last name. Jefferson. One more guess. Your last clue is yeah. pre-Civil War or post-Civil War? Come on, dude. Why I got to do me like that? Post. Post. But Ooh. I'm not 100%. No, I am. I know. it's. Post. I'm going to say it's not no, Obama. earlier. I know. Uh... <laughs> what if it was Obama? <laughs> Jimmer Obama for debt. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Trump. Jimmer Trump for debt. Not almost no. close. Okay, four starts with a T. Starts okay, with a okay. T. Oh, Taft. James Taft for that. Yup. What? How do you? How do you? How do you oh come my up God. with the nickname Jimmer? Like James, like Jimmer. 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 Oh, like you say it like Jimmer. Jimmer, and it kind of sounds like Jimmer. 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 That's so funny. No, but. No, I have, a, I have a, like a, a mini hot take. Leading up to the hot take, but yes. Mini hot take leading into the hot take. Jimmer Fredette, when he plays against uh, Eberwine Drive in tonight's semifinal of the basketball tournament, he will not be the most talented Whoa. player on the court. Point guard for Eberwine Drive will be. His name is Jerome Randall. He's the all-time leading scorer in Cal history. And he is so quick. I was watching on. You can't stay in front of him. I know I can't. But That's my hot Jimmer. Probably Ooh. not. We'll have to Ooh. see. Unreal. No, twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Or so, something. Daniel, you were leading. Yeah. You were leading into yeah. the hot take. You want to say the yeah. hot take that you're so passionate about? I think you should say it because I'm not. Okay. Not one for it. So, dog dates for the summer. Not that much to hot take about, but we... there's always something to hot take about, though, and that's what's great about hot. And takes. that's why we found such a great hot take this week. Um, yeah. Okay. The MLS All Star Game in five years will be must see TV. Bye. Wow. That's a very hot take, Alan. You got to explain that one because I don't. I don't know. I was playing FIFA today, a lot of fun, but I don't know if the MLS, like, it happened last night, and I asked you about it off air. I asked you, oh, um, like, what's, like, when is it, or something like that? And um, you're like, last night. I'm like, oh. (laughs) See, so we're very far away from that. Right. But can I tell you why we're going to get there? So year after year, uh, MLS is getting huge name talent, okay? We're getting a Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We're getting a Wayne Rooney. We're getting a, I think that's all my brain's got. But there are rumors out there that a Cristiano Ronaldo will want to finish up his career in America, which I can totally see happening, similar to a um, bandit like Beckham. What the heck's Beckham's first name? David. Where David? The, that was weird. Um, okay, when you're podcasting, yeah. Yeah, you know. whatever things happen. But um, if Cristiano Ronaldo comes, I think that's going to be huge. But most importantly, okay? And oh, and also last, yeah. I watched a little bit of the game last night. 
first of all, the MLS is getting more talented, but there were 70,000 people roaring in the Atlanta United Stadium. But can't they see like seven, oh, 17 or 70? Oh, I was like, but like, yeah, I thought you said 17. I'm like, don't they see 70,000? 100%. 000? Um, Daniel, you know who was actually there? Um, remember the very talented, um, the musically talented um, friend from our year abroad program, Aaron? He was yes, at the yes. Game. Yes. Wow. And he said it was unreal. And, but most That's importantly, great. The, in five years from now, it will be after the next World Cup, which I think is going to be huge for the U.S. of A. I see. The, and the U.S. just need the U.S. just needs to make it and qualify. Hi. I, I I see. I feel like even if like guys like Ronaldo come over, I feel like this Americans aren't Daniel, I, care. Unless 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 the U.S. is really good. And I think there are a lot more MLS fans than you know. I know, but I'm saying must watch must see TV doesn't mean that like it means that they capture casual fans and they haven't captured casual fans yet. I agree. So I, I think it could they, happen. You know what? I, I think in the last five years it, it has grown more in the last five years than it needs to grow in the next five years to reach I like that. that. Point. But Daniel, you know what I think could be huge if they bring, let's what? say, a Christian Pulisic is. Um, Yes, is playing for Real Madrid or something, right. they need to bring Real yeah. Madrid in. They need to bring Pulisic's yeah. team in. I want to see it where the MLS All-Star game has enough good players where they don't have to bring in a European team. But Daniel, the against. thing that you need to get about that is some some club teams are better than national teams in the soccer world. Right, I get, I get that. But the point is the MLS as a league... They're all stars. Like the all stars. Like imagine if you took an all star league of like La Liga. I don't or think they have Premier League. Or Premier League, as they say. I know, but imagine if you did. They how, how good would that team be? Right, but the MLS needs to get to that point. The MLS as a league, I want to see it get to the point where actually, like the teams can compete with these club teams. In and in with Europe. that, we'll wrap it up. Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is announced. I played FIFA today. Daniel Shaw is announcing his bid to be MLS commissioner. Um, yeah. So he has to run and start writing his speech. But Daniel, I wish best yeah. of luck to your player and their journey, or my journey, it's called. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's a, it's a feature I, um, in FIFA 17. It's a lot of fun. Um, Daniel, we'll see how it goes. this week's pod yeah. was an absolute blast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, we'll yeah. see you next week. So hopefully another great pod. Yeah. Um, with it, once again, big thank you to Mike Randall. We had a blast. And uh, again, thanks to Anchor. Anchor, you're Anchor's the best. Our anchor. Have a good night. Yep. Or afternoon. Have a good one. morning. Whenever. Whenever you're listening. Bye bye. Bye.